Welcome to Radio Rehab's Daily Storyteller Series, where I have a guest co-host on with me for the entire week, and we talk all things recovery. This week, my guest co-host is David S., and today we are going to discuss ethics and recovery because it's still an issue and it's a problem, and I think you guys are really going to get behind this one. If you want to email us, it's radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana, and you can also go to Radio.Rehab. Here, check out this conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined in studio by producer Shar and my guest co-host for the week, David S. David, welcome back to Radio Rehab. And Hi, thank Dana. you for being on. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about ethics and recovery because it's such a big deal and it's got such wide range. And we're talking about uh, people being poached in AA meetings. And that's, I mean, to me, that that's up there with like human trafficking. It Well... Oh, yeah, I, it's like worse than human trafficking. So for me... Um, and yeah, and expl- explain it a little to the listeners who don't know what sure. we're talking about. So uh, an A meeting is like sacred space, right? Super it's sacred. Like, it's like a Buddhist temple or mm-hmm. or sacred ground or, you know, consecrated space. And um, and I feel that, and I feel that way strongly because um, my life was saved there, right? Yeah. And so what's happened is... Um, that as money has has really kind of poured into the for treatment side of the of the business, uh, and and treatment centers have proliferated, um, competition increases. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, we have a dying population we're dealing with, but not a dwindling one. And and um, I don't know why people view it as being so competitive. But what's what started to happen is this uh, pay for referral stuff where you know i rent a treatment center and you're a referent and you go out and you find people that that need treatment and have a good insurance policy and i pay you two grand five grand i've heard as much as twelve thousand five hundred dollars for a referral into my treatment facility um there's a lot of people that are making a lot of money out there doing that mostly people that are new into recovery themselves um may or may not still be sober lured Mm. by that dollar and somehow rationalizing that what they're doing is is a good idea. So um, there's only a there is a finite number of people um, from the perspective of, of clients they're going to fall for that for that kind of thing. And so what these reference body brokers is is the more common I think accurate phrase. What they've Ooh. started to do is they'll show up at a at a twelve step meeting uh, a in in a most commonly and. As we know, a lot of treatment facilities will bring their clients to, to those meetings and, and they'll pay attention and they'll see somebody, they'll stick their hand up and talk about how they had a really hard time in treatment because their case manager was, was mean to them or they had a bad time in group or they didn't want to do this. And then at the break or after the meeting, this, this body broker will go up and say, hey, tell you what, that treatment center you're in, I know about that too. Place sucks. But I got this place. That if you leave and go to this other place, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you, and you stay there for a week, I'm going to give you a thousand bucks. Well, you take somebody. Oh my God. I know. I'm just imagining like I'm newly sober and you say a thousand dollars. And the first thing my head goes to is how many drugs I can buy with that. Right. Well, get, so you might, so now that your skin's crawling a little bit, my, I just, I get chills. <laughs> oh, yeah, about me this, too. It just absolutely me infuriates too. me. So then what they'll do is, so they, they pick this person out, and it's happened to me. It happened to me at this last facility I worked at. They'll pick this person off, and they'll say, well, I'll tell you what. 
I got a better idea for you. So I told you I was going to give you a thousand bucks, but if we go to this hotel that I'm going to pay for and you get loaded and I'm going to pay for that too, whatever you want, you want to do, you want to do dope. You want to, uh, whatever you want to do, I'll pay for that too. Let's spend the night. We'll party. And then I'll take you into a detox facility. I'll give you two grand for going in the detox facility. Right. So, and, and what, what that oh looks like God. is the referring or body brokers getting paid more, more money to get somebody referred into a uh, detox level of care. Cause it pays more money. Right. And so that's happening all the time. Um, people are getting poached out of, out of a meetings and in a meetings and, What's happening is these these body brokers are going into treatment facilities, posing as clients, and they're taking people out two, three, four, five at a time. So, oh my yeah. god, that is insane! I mean, because I'm thinking about the people who were not on the same page when we were in treatment together, like mm-hmm. when I was, you know, um, I was at Cry Help in LA. I don't know if you know that one in the '90s, and you know, there would be, you know, I wasn't there because my parents made me go. And then there comes in, you know, a girl comes in who doesn't want to be there at all. We, of course, because we're sitting there with the shitty attitudes, become friends. And we leave. But it's like the whole getting and using and finding ways and means to get more, you know, the money thing. Like, it was difficult. If somebody came up to us and said, here's the hotel, here's the money, I'd be dead. Right. I'd be one dead addict. And that's and that's what's happening. And we that's so horrifying. So we have, you know, if you think about, um, you know, particularly opiates. um, Mm. You know, they're, the potency is increasing. Fentanyl's out there now, which is creating yeah, all kinds yeah. all kinds of havoc. There's people that are dying behind that anyway. You take somebody that's been in treatment for two, three, four weeks. They have, they're now physically uh, withdrawn from the opiates that, that they were taking. They're clean, right? And yeah. you take them out of... Um, you take them out of a treatment facility, you put them in a hotel room, and you, and you let them take a shot. Well, they're going to want to get high. And they're probably not going to be doing any kind of quality assurance on the on what they're right. taking and, and their tolerance is back down and their tolerance is back down and so they, and so they overdose and you know any place so any place the shows being being broadcast has an issue with with opiates and, and there's young people that are dying behind that um and people are dying behind this however um there's programs and and individuals and professionals that are engaged in this people i know i've been approached by body brokers uh, wow. on, online, yeah. Re- online. Oh, I've seen you post some of that on Facebook. Like, can you believe this guy? Those yeah. are those people. So I'll get, yeah. So I'll get a. I'll. I have. I have have developed this reputation as being kind of the ethics guy, and I'm doing air quotes, right? Uh-huh. And um, so people say, "Hey, David, in this situation, what do I do?" Or, "Hey, I heard about this guy. I had one um, a couple years ago. I went and did some some facility tours in Minneapolis, and this." guy that I really hadn't talked to since then hit me up one day said hey David I got a phone call and it was a guy that wanted to sell him clients and he said I you know I told him where to go and and what do you think I should do about it I said well I think you should give me his name and contact information and he did and I reached out to him blindly and said hey um you know I hear you uh can place clients and in the course of uh, an email or a, a text conversation he let me know who he was placing clients with, facilities, which I've since corroborated. He let me know how much he would pay me for referring clients to him and the manner in which he would go about doing it. Put this stuff in writing. And he's oh, not, my yeah, God. He's not, the, he's not the only one. So what I do, um, despite being the shy retiring guy that I am, I just put that <laughs> stuff up online. And I make sure that I document that 
there was a conversation and, and he identified the wrongdoing. So when I associate the wrongdoing with his name, I can hopefully avoid getting in trouble for slander and libel. Yeah, because he identified with that. And that, you know what? So I can't believe I really wish they, that I was able to be on the phone with these people when I was back with my 92 year old grandmother. And I didn't even know people did this anymore. Some guy is calling her and saying, hey, it's your favorite grandson. Mm. And it's a whole, a whole, and this actually works on certain old people, which makes me sick. Um, my grandmother stays on the phone long enough to tell them off, thank God. But and, and then they say, "This is your favorite grandson." They give they give her a name, and the, the, what they try to do is get her to wire money. Right. And this this is like the same thing. I mean, it's like this creepy. I mean, they're we're they're creeping on like the most just fragile people, addicts, and old people. Right. Well, yeah, they, that's too easy populations too to, really to prey easy. on. Too really easy, yeah. Well, and what, what's more is that not only are they preying on the addicts, but they prey on the addicts' families as well. So I, I would say that in uh, many situations, and having worked in treatment for a long time and dealt with a lot of families, um, there's a little bit of difference between moms and dads. Moms are specifically um, and uniquely vulnerable Mm -hmm. because all they want is their kid that they had so many hopes and dreams for that they carried for nine months and gave birth to and raised to to finally get well right and so you start feeding mom a a line of something that sounds really good mom may very well buy it and there's a lot of uh, predatory stuff that goes on behind that as well so um yeah i mean addicts and addicts and old people okay well if you can put your head on the pillow i mean I mean, seriously, how does somebody sleep at night after that? That's so crazy. And it's like there's there's more and more treatment centers, and treatment centers are more and more expensive. And it's like, I mean, how do you even know what's real anymore? You know what I mean? Except the really reputable ones. How do you really know when they're there to help you and when you're just like a number? Well, and how would you identify? So if I was to throw out a, a name of a treatment center right now, how would you know that they were reputable? Even if you thought they were and – you saw a TV commercial or you knew somebody that went through a facility, how would you know that they were reputable? I don't know. I guess by their name or whether they have written books in the recovery community. I'm trying not to name names. Right, right. Or rather, not, I've been in 14. So, I mean, I guess if it's one of those, I, I guess I would know. But there are, of the 14 that I've been in, there are ones that really, I think, scam scam people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one that it's like, hi, I could have gone to college three times for that money. Right. And they didn't help me. So. Well, and I, so in, in the defense of, of the, the true facility, I mean, you got to show up and help yourself, too. I, there's that. You know, I, so that aside, um, there's a lot of them that are charging a lot of money to do not a lot and um, are billing insurance. In fact, um, there's some stuff that's happened in the last couple of days around urine drug screens where they just arrested a couple of doctors, one who I know really well. Um, it's in it's in the papers. Um, this is, I, I got a I get a Facebook message the other the other night from uh, a friend of mine. And she said, you know, did you hear about about this doctor? And I said, no, he's being held on $13.1 million in bail. He's looking at 16 years in prison for uh, for scamming uh, insurance companies. Uh, really? Yeah. Man, that stuff is just so, I mean, how do you know? It's just, you know what I mean? It's like you just have to be able to, like, trust people, but you have to be able to get sober. I mean, this has to be this has to be something sacred to people. It's really like they're going into people's churches and their temples and, you know, and 
and that's where they're doing their nasty business. Well, sure. And, you know, kind of the the idea is that if we take it away from this whole stigmatized idea behind drug addiction or, or mental health, and if you think of your your 92-year-old grandmother or, or your, um, you know, sister, whomever it may be, and let's say they have cancer or diabetes or, or multiple sclerosis and they're getting preyed on, they're getting bought and sold like uh, drug addicts and alcoholics, how would we respond to that as a society? And why isn't the outcry the same for addicts and alcoholics as it is for Yeah, why aren't people? there commercials and billboards and right. things like that? I know, I should think about it. Now now that I've thought about it, now I would like to do my own billboard for this because it's so upsetting. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, let's talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Maybe maybe that's something we can do. Um, we will be back tomorrow with more of David S. Tomorrow is Wednesday, which means it's Epic Attic Bail Day. If you would like to email us with yours, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. And you can also go to Radio.Rehab. Keep coming back. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll